coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at my bookie. College basketball is going to be the topic of the day here on the Glory UGA podcast today as we try to do our part to help you guys get ready to make some cash this college basketball season by betting with my bookie. All you have to do, number one, listen to the podcast, which you're already doing, and then go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code UGA, and you get a 50% bonus on your first deposit if you're a new user. And while, yes, this code will be available to you all the way through college basketball season, you don't want to wait to the very end. Go ahead and jump on it now while college basketball is just kicking into high gear as we enter conference play over the past couple of weeks. But I am your host, Tyler, and yes, you heard that correctly. Today, for the first time in probably about 10 months, we are exclusively talking Georgia basketball. And I wasn't going to do this episode. I was going to just stick with two episodes this week. We did two emergency pods, three of those in a row. So we are breaking the emergency pod streak here today. But I wasn't going to do this episode. I was just going to wait till next week. But after last night's game, after going to that game and the stag rocking the way it was and starting off 2-0 and as we defeated Arkansas last night at home to get to 12-3 overall and 2-0 in the SEC to open conference play, I'm pumped up, man. And so I said, screw it. Why wait till next week? Let's talk some Georgia basketball today. I got a little bit of time here, so let's make it happen. If you're wondering about those mailbag questions, yes, I've still got this nice long list. I haven't forgotten about those. We're just going to push that off to early next week. First thing next week, I promise. First thing next week, I will get to those. I promise. I got you. But it's been too long, man. We've got to give the Hoop Dogs some love here today on the podcast, and that's exactly what I intend to do. I can't in good conscience call this a Georgia basketball preview episode. It's not. It's not a preview episode because the season's been going on since mid-November. We've already played 15 games, about half the games, a little bit less than half the games that we're going to play throughout the totality of the season. So this is in no way a preview episode. It can't be when we do it two months or so after the season started. But it's also just hard to work in a Georgia basketball preview episode in the middle of college football season because that's what we are all zeroed in on, dialed in on during football season. But here we are, you know, the past is the past. We can't take that back. We're here right now, and I don't want to put this off anymore. We're going to talk some Georgia basketball. I know most of you have caught at least a game or two, I would imagine. Some of you are like me and have watched every single game with bated breath because that's just what we do. We're Georgia guys and Georgia gals. Don't want to forget about the ladies. I know you're out there. We love you guys or gals. We love you gals. But look, guys, I live in Athens. I have been a lifelong Georgia guy, like all of you. And I know how most people in the Georgia fan base operate. Yeah, there are hardcore college basketball fans out there. And that might be some of you. I'm sure it's a lot of you out there. It is me. I am a hardcore Georgia basketball fan. I'm a hardcore everything Georgia fan. But I know the rank and file Georgia fan, it's all college football most of the year, especially during the season, obviously. And then you ever so slowly and begrudgingly turn towards college basketball once we get to January and bowl season's over, right? That's how a lot of people work. And I get it, especially when you're talking about Georgia basketball, because we haven't had a consistent winner really ever at any point in our history. We've had moments and we've had a couple of periods of some success, but nothing that's really been sustained over a consistent period of time. And certainly recently, it has been, um, shall we say, ugly. It's kind of what it's been. 
Although our man, Mike White, inserted some optimism into the equation last season by getting us to 500, which, hey man, that, that's, that's doing something after what we went through with the Tom Crean era, like, dear God. But I do know a lot of you are kind of just now like really turning your attention to Georgia basketball. And you know, I know a lot of you are kind of in wait and see mode. Like, do I really want to invest my time in this program again just to be let down? And is it really actually going to be any better this year? Well, I am here to tell you guys emphatically, yes, it is going to be better this year. Yes, it is better this year. And I absolutely love watching this team play basketball. Guys, Georgia basketball is fun again, finally. It's been too long, man, but here we are, and I'm having a hell of a time this season watching this Georgia basketball team. These guys play hard. They play smart. They play together. They're connected. They, oh, I don't know, actually play defense. I know that's a novel concept, at least it was, under Tom Crean. We don't turn the ball over every other possession. We are actually a competent basketball team with a competent head coach. Not just a competent head coach, a very good head coach and a really good staff that he has put together. Are we the most talented team in the SEC? Oh, no, absolutely not. Now, we have upgraded the talent for sure. We have gone to the transfer portal and really upgraded the talent this year. Also, with our freshman recruiting class, we had a really good recruiting class at four top 100 guys that Mike White landed in this recruiting class. Two of those guys are playing significant minutes. One of them is starting. Silas Dimery is our starting point guard. He is a true freshman. Blue Kane coming off the bench is also a true freshman. Plays about 20 minutes a game. Is a really, really good guard. Yes. Yes, he's a really good shooter, shooting the high 30% from three, but he's just a really good basketball player. I knew his reputation coming into college. I knew his reputation as a shooter and an underrated athlete. I knew that, and he was a really highly sought-after guy. In fact, by the way, Blue Kane was the highest rated of our four freshmen coming in this class. But this guy has really impressed me with just his basketball savviness. He knows the game. He's a really smart player. He's also an incredibly tenacious defender, which I did not expect from him. I'll be honest with you. I did not expect to see that from Blue Kane. But this guy will get up in your grill defensively. He doesn't really, I'm not going to say he's never blown an assignment or had a bust out there, but it's very rare. And that's uncommon among freshmen. For, to have a guy like that who, yeah, is a big-time shooter, is a good offensive player. That was kind of his reputation coming out of high school. But this guy has really taken to the defensive end and that has is what has kept him on the court and gotten him all these minutes. Yeah, he's an offensive weapon, but we have some of those guys. What makes it hard for young guys to get on the court consistently is typically the, the defensive end, and this guy is doing it on the defensive end. I love what he brings to the table there, and I don't think that gets talked about enough, so I wanted to mention that, but we have clearly upgraded the roster. Noah Thomason coming in for Niagara is, I, I would probably call him our, our, our best scorer, he is our leading scorer now. He wasn't coming to last night, uh, but he's got 12.7 points per game. Jabri Abdurrahim has led the team most of the early portion of the season in scoring at 12.3 points per game. And by the way, I do want to give Jabri some love here. This guy is what college athletics is all about. This guy stuck it out, did not really play all that much early in his career. You know, the last couple of years, he's kind of carved out a role for himself as uh, a, a guy that come off the bench and give you some instant offense. It really was just a three-point shooter. That's what he's been basically his entire career. His dad, yes, is Sharif Abdurrahim, if you're not familiar with that, who former NBA player, now the president of the G League. But guys in Jabri's situation in this modern day and age of college athletics almost always transfer out. Because this guy was just, I mean, a role player at best. I mean, at times he wasn't even really a role player. You just kind of throw him in there and see if he can give you some offense if we're struggling. But I mean, it's I guess a role player is the best thing you can say to describe him. Guys like that typically transfer out because they want more minutes, right? But not Jabri. Jabri stuck around. He stuck around. He saw it out. And now, as a senior, he's reaping the fruits of that patience and that leadership, too. Now, I mean, he's starting, guys. And 
for again, for most of the season, he has led us in scoring. He did not have a good night shooting from three last night. He was one of six, but that was an anomaly for him. For large portions of this early part of the schedule, he was shooting close to 50% and points in the 50% range from three. He was at 43 point something last night, going one for six, up down to 41.2. Guys, still 41.2% from three-point range. That guy is a weapon for us, and he's added to his game. He's still not great putting the ball on the floor and getting the rim, but he's much more competent in doing so than he ever has been in his career. He's at least trying to do that, and when you can shoot the ball like he can, you get guys off their feet trying to defend the three-point line, get, get up in your grill, and you can drive past them. So he's been more willing to do that and he's been more successful doing that and he's a little better at that sure but he's been better in that regard he's a really good guy from the free throw line which certainly when games get tight like they did last night that's that's big and that's key but Jabri's also really picked up his game defensively that's something when he came into college man this guy just didn't play defense he just didn't know how but again he's gone toward he didn't transfer he didn't whine he didn't complain he didn't become a locker room cancer the guy just got better he just got better, man. And now he's playing really good defense. He's become a really strong rebounder for us. He's just a really tough player. He's always had a really good link. So he's been a big key for us this season. But I would still say Noah Thomason is our best scorer. Now, Noah has moments where he like disappears. There are games, full games, where he disappears. But when Thomason is on... I think he's our best overall scorer right now. I mean, he led Niagara in scoring last year. I mean, he was a all all Mac player last year and not like Mid-American Conference, M-A-A-C. He's a really good shooter. He's a lefty. It's kind of fun to watch him shoot just the way he kind of like jumps into shots and like the way he finishes shots, the way he lands, it's kind of fun to watch. But when he is on, he's on. Now he's streaky. He can be streaky, but when he's on, he's on. He's got really good handle. Sometimes I think he just tries to get a little too fancy and he'll turn the ball over at times. He was like one-on-one, a little bit too much of hero ball at times. But when he's draining them, I'm okay with it. It's just when he's off and it's, it looks kind of bad. It's like, dude, maybe maybe we should just, you know, play a little bit more within our offense. But um, he, he's, he's a really good basketball player. He's certainly upgraded our offensive firepower this season. And then we have, again, I mentioned Silas Dimery as a... As a true freshman, come in and start every game at point guard. He plays about 26, 25, 26 minutes a game. He splits time with Justin Hill, who I thought coming in this year would be the starting point guard with how he finished last season really, really strong. But Demery's come in and been really good. And Demery is, man, like at 6'4", he's got really good size. He's not just 6'4", the guy is thick. He's got a really good body. And that allows him to be a really strong defender at the point guard position, gives him those smaller point guards some issues defensively. And, and also, like, rebounding. He's a really he's just a tough physical player. He's smart. He's got good handles. Just a really, really good all-around player. He's not a knockdown shooter right now. He, he can knock down a three-point shot. He's shooting the low 30%, like 32.3%. So you give an open shot, he can hit it. He stepped up and hit one last night. Because we were last night, we had the lead uh, late in the game, about two minutes left, and you know you would think okay, you want to ice the clock, you got the ball back, you know you know run some clock. No, we were just jacking up threes. Yeah, the guys were open, but you got R.J. Melendez who's shooting eighteen percent from three. Who I like R.J. Melendez, I really do. He's a good player, but maybe we shouldn't shouldn't be shooting threes when you're up by a couple possessions late in the game, and you're even though you're wide open, there's a reason you're wide open. And so we did that a couple times, and Silas steps up on the next possession, and I'm like, please don't shoot this, man, please don't shoot this. But he does, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god, but that's one of those like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, yes, yes, yes moments. 
because he knocked it down and that completely iced the game. It was over. So he can absolutely knock down an open three-pointer. He gets, I wish he would try to get to the rim a little bit more because with his size, he can finish with physicality at the rim, but he's a work in progress offensively, but he's going to get there because this is a young man that just, you know, the kind of guy you want in your program to be your lead guard. I mean, he is a guy that's just going to work hard. He does what the coaches ask him to do. He's a good leader out there. And I'm really excited about what he's going to bring in the future. But right now he's averaging uh, 8.6 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 2.7 assists a game, and about 26 minutes a game. So it's a true freshman. I really like what I've seen from him. But Justin Hill, guys, I love this guy. It's a great one-two punch at point guard. I love Silas too. But Justin is shooting a crazy percentage from three right now. This guy, last season, uh, could not really shoot the basketball. He's always had a really good handle, really good quickness. I love how he changes his speeds with the ball in his hands. Does a really good job of getting the rim with that. But last year... Man, this guy, you know, so we got him from Longwood, and last year was, he was transferred into Georgia last year. I mean, this guy, a season ago, shot under 30% from three. He shot 29.7%. He kind of has like a push shot where he barely gets off the ground on his jump shots. But this year, man, the dude really went to work and has gotten better. His shot has really improved. Now, he doesn't shoot well from the free throw line still. He's still shooting in the 50% range. Actually, he dropped. I mean, last year, he was shooting like 79%. This year, he's shooting like 56%. But he's got his three-point percentage up to 36% right now. And he's been on a tear over the last couple of games. If you look at his game log... Uh, he started last night, three for three, came in off the bench, was just knocking threes down to help us extend that lead against Arkansas. He knocked his first three down, but then missed his last four, ended up three of seven. But over the last three games, this guy is nine of 20, almost 50% from three-point land. Now, he's not going to continue that pace, but he's just become a much better shooter overall. And with his ability to, to get to the rim, even though he's a little bit smaller, this guy's a really, really crafty offensive player. I mean, the last three games, he's averaging... 15 points a game in like 24 minutes a game. And we have rotations where we will play both him and Silas together on the court. And I love that. I love having those ball handlers on the court like that. And then off the bench, you got Blue Kane as a guard coming off the bench. And he's shooting 37% from three, averaging seven points a game. Again, he's doing a really, really good job defensively. He plays about 20-ish minutes a game. What is it? 18.3 minutes to be exact, but about 20 minutes a game. So I really like what we have, the guard position, and our wings. I really like those guys as well. Now, they aren't the scorers, maybe, that our guards are, but I think we have some talented players with that. I mean, RJ Melendez is a guy that's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He's he's just a really valuable player. There's a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet, necessarily. He makes a lot of winning plays, which he was starting early in the year, and kind of a little bit of a slump, so now he's coming off the bench, but he's a really, really talented player. He's got really good athleticism. He's really long. He's a good defender out there. And he can really, I would say, could guard maybe five positions, he could, depending on who the center is. But at least he could guard four positions on the court. Now, the issue with him right now is he, the guy jacks up a ton of threes, but he doesn't make them at all. Now he's shooting 17% after last night. Now, the thing with him, allegedly, Melendez like knocks him dead in practice. That's the word. But he doesn't do it in games. And he clearly still has the green light because he keeps taking them. But man, like he is not shooting well from three right now. He he can knock them down. I've seen him. I saw him do it when he was at Illinois. He transferred from Illinois, but he's just not hitting them with any sort of consistency right now. But he's still averaging about nine and a half points a game, four point seven rebounds a game, and this like one point three steals a game. He's a really really good strong defender, a very valuable piece to have on your team. And maybe the one of the biggest difference makers on our team this year. It's not like he's leading us in scoring or anything like that, but. Big Russ, man. Russell, Russell Chiwa, transferred from South Florida, is 
just really holding down the middle of our defense right now. I mean, in the post, this guy has been an absolute force. Now, he does not play above the rim. He's not an overly great athlete. Like, he doesn't he doesn't have hops. Let's just say that. He actually moves pretty well on the perimeter. Like, he can guard outside the paint fairly well and operate there. So, that's been a really positive force. But he's not a big-time scorer. Now, he had a big game on the road at Missouri in our conference opening at 18 and 11 in that game. He's only averaging seven points a game. He's averaging 6.7 rebounds a game, but just his presence there, the competence that he brings, the size that he brings that we haven't really had. You know, we had Bridges last year and Bridges, you know, he was a really good post scorer, but defensively and rebounding wise, I mean, he was a liability. Chiwa is not the score. He doesn't have the post pre- the post scoring ability that Bridges had. Bridges was more polished there, but Chiwa can operate fine enough there. But he gives us that size. He gives us that that more of an intimidating presence on the interior. He helps us rebound. Gives us some defensive presence there. So he's been really good for us and, and really kind of backing him up. I mean, we do still have Frank Anselm that transferred in from Syracuse last year, but there are games where he doesn't even play. He didn't really play much at all, if at all. I don't know if he played at all against Missouri. I don't remember seeing him out there. He did get some run last night. He played about eight or nine minutes, but he doesn't play all that much. Really, the guy that's backing up Chiwa is Jalen Deloach, who I thought was going to play the four for us this year. He'll, in, depending on the rotation, he might play some four, but he's played a lot of five this year for us. His transfer from VCU uh, he averages about 14 minutes a game. He's not a big scorer, 4.1 points per game. That's not what we have him. He is like a, almost an enforcer of sorts down low. If you watched him at VCU at all last year, a really tough physical player, just br- brought some nastiness to our team, some of that toughness that we really didn't have last year. Like We were a train wreck defensively last year. That's one of the big reasons why we have kind of turned around this year. Uh, well, maybe train wreck's not the right word. We were not where we needed to be defensively. We were better than we were under Tom Crean, which that was a train wreck. Last year, we were still not very good, but I wouldn't say train wreck. This year, though, we have made significant strides defensively, which we'll get to in just a minute, which I think is probably the biggest reason for our turnaround this year. So I really like, and there's other players that are contributing as well, but you know, that's a quick little rundown of the team that we have right now. And the guys, now they've gotten an SEC play when we've kind of shortened the bench and shorten the rotation, the guys that we're seeing out there on the court. But we're going to take a quick break here, and when we get back, I'm going to go through what I think has really been the difference in this team last year and try to illustrate for you just how improved this Georgia basketball team is in 2024 and why you should absolutely be tuning in and forget about what's happened in the past. But first, let me remind you again about our great friends at my bookie. Guys, college basketball is fun. I know we all love college football. If you've never been a, a huge college basketball guy, I, I encourage you, give it a shot, man. I mean, it's fun. And now it's even more fun when Georgia is good. You know what makes it even more exciting? When you have a little bit of money on these games, you gotta bet, bet responsibly, but it's always nice to have some stakes on some games that you might not otherwise really have much of a rooting interest in. And the way to do that is go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code UGA, sign up for a brand new account, and when you do, you'll get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. So start watching these games, I'll let you turn the page over to, to college basketball season and make that cash with mybookie. So bet anything, anywhere, anytime, only with mybookie. All right, guys, we are back here, and let's talk about what has changed with this team. Yeah, we talked about the personnel. Clearly, that has changed the team, but what about the production? Guys, it's night and day. Now, offensively, we're better than we were last year, but we haven't taken as big of a leap as we have defensively, but the biggest difference offensively for us this year is the presence of shooters, multiple shooters. We just didn't have those guys last year. And that killed us because we couldn't space the court. We had no spacing offensively when guys would try to drive to the rim, which is all Kerry Oquindo could really do. He's obviously transferred out to Oregon now. 
Aquindo shot 26% from three last year. He was a great slasher, a really athletic guy, but it was hard to really get to the rim with any sort of consistency because the opposing defenses had no respect for our ability to hit anything from the perimeter. So they just packed the, the paint. We couldn't space the court. I mean, guys, last year, this is crazy. This is wild. Of our five regular starters at season's end, and Marjorie McBride was a starter for most of the, the early half of the season last year and then really kind of lost that spot in the rotation. But by the time we got to the end of the year, we did not have a single starter that shot over 30% from the field. We actually didn't have a single starter that shot in the 30% range. Terry Roberts was close. He shot 29.9%. But Terry Roberts, Justin Hill, Aquindo, Bridges, Moncrief, they all shot under 30% from three. This year... If you look at our team, we've got three starters that shoot over 30% and well over 30%. We got Jabri Abdurrahim in the 40s, Noah Thomason at 38%, Demery at 32. Then our two top guards off the bench, Blue Kane and Justin Hill, shoot 37 and 36% respectively from three. We are just simply a more proficient three point shooting team than we were at any point last year. It's allowing us to space the court so we also have the ability to get to the rim because the defenses have to move out. They can't pack the paint like they did last year. As a team, we've gone from shooting 31.7% from three last year up to 35% this year. Our shooting from the floor overall has gone from 41.1% to 43.4%. So yes, Mike White and his staff made it a priority to upgrade our shooting with the offseason, with the transfer portal and in our freshman recruiting class, and they did a hell of a job at it. We have clearly upgraded our ability to knock shots down. And I don't know if you guys realize this, in basketball, you got to make shots to win games. Offensively, we've also done a much better job of protecting the ball. Now, we still turn the ball over at you know, too much at times. We still have some games where it's like, man, like, come on, like we can't be turning the ball over like that. But it's nowhere near what it was last year and certainly nowhere near what it was under Tom Crean, guys. I mean, we were playing with Tom Crean. I mean, we were just trying to play this up-tempo offense like with just really reckless disregard for what we were trying to do. We were just like going up and down the course as fast as we possibly could. No one knew what they were doing. We just turned the ball over like crazy. It was out of control. This year, we've gone from 13.2 turnovers game last year to 11.4. So still higher than I would like it to be, but we certainly cut down on that. And our offensive efficiency, still not where we want this to be, but a significant upgrade from where we were a year ago. We've gone from 263 nationally in offensive efficiency to 165. Now, we still certainly have the lion's share of our SEC schedule to go, so maybe that number drops a little bit. We'll see, but make no mistake about it. We are much better offensively than we were a year ago. But the real change has come on the defensive side of the ball. Guys, we have become a different basketball team on the defensive end of the court. Like we absolutely have. We're, last season, our opponent shot 44% from the field. This year, that number's down to 39.7%. But yes, you now we do have to play our ICC schedule. That might go up a little bit. But even if you just watch us play, we are a much more competent defense. We're connected out there. We're not blowing assignments like we were. We don't have near as many guys just hitting wide open shots. We play harder, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. We also have better defenders. Like Getting a guy like RJ Melendez with his length out there, that's a really big boost to what you're trying to do defensively. Russell Chiwa, also a big boost to what you're trying to do defensively there uh, in the paint. Our three-point shooting defense has also improved from 31.9% last year down to 29.3% this year. Look at this number, guys. This is the biggest difference. This is the starkest stat I could, I could find defensively. Our defensive efficiency has gone down from 202nd nationally to 50th right now. Now, we are not an elite defense. I'm not trying to suggest that. I'm not saying we're an elite defensive team, but we are so much better than we were last year on the defensive end of the court. It's, it's ridiculous, guys. This is a different team defensively.
And I love what we're doing. We really pressure the basketball. We do a really good job of playing team defense. If anyone holds the ball, even for a second, especially if they're anywhere near the paint, we swarm them. We create turnovers that way. We're doing more hard hedging. So running ball screens against us has become more difficult for teams. Last year, they just had a field day running ball screens against us. Scoring in the paint has also become more of an issue for teams because we actually have a guy that can somewhat defend the paint. Bridges, you know, God bless his soul, just couldn't do it last year. And it's that defense that is giving us a chance to win every game. We haven't won every game. We've lost three. We're 12-3. and three. Now we, And the teams we've lost to are good basketball teams. We lost to Miami, who's going through a little bit of a, a swoon right now. They've lost a couple games in a row. But that's a good basketball team. One of their starters, Wugo Poplar, has been out, has not been playing. We lost to Oregon the first game of the season. If we played Oregon again right now, I think we'd have a really good shot to beat them. But that's not how these things work. And then we also lost to Providence in the Baja Mar Classic. And Providence is not as good as they were last year. But they're still that's a, still a good Big East team. Bryce Hopkins is still back for them this year. He's a really good player. Devin Carter's done a really good job from this year. He's taking a big step. And, and Kim English, in his first year there, has done a hell of a job for the Friars. So yeah, we lost those three games. But hey guys, we've beaten three ACC teams. Now, maybe those aren't the cream of the crop in the ACC. Although Wake Forest is really hitting their stride right now. It looks like they're becoming a tournament team. We beat them at home. We beat Florida State on the road. We were down double digits for most of the game. Came back, made a furious push late to to get ourselves a, to give ourselves a chance to win. And then Justin Hill hits the game winner at the buzzer. Man, I'd almost given up on that game. That was that was a lot of fun to watch. Beat them on the road. And Florida State has been down the last two years, but they're starting to actually put something together right now. And then we beat Georgia Tech at home. We beat the crap out of Georgia Tech because Tech sucks, as we all know. And now we've gone on the road, beat Missouri to open conference play, beat Arkansas. Now, I know that Missouri and Arkansas are not the cream of the crop of the SEC this year. Arkansas has been really good under under the must-bust for a couple of years now. They've taken a little bit of a step back this year. They lost some impact players. They do what they do. They bring in guys from the transfer portal. But the guys they brought in this year haven't really hit in a big way. And they are just uninterested defensively most of the time. The, the intensity overall, but especially defensively, is not there for Arkansas right now. But it's still a really talented team. Guys, Arkansas, you watched the game last night. Arkansas is a good bit more talented than we are. They have more athleticism, more overall talent. But we're just a better coach team right now. It's a team that's playing with more intensity, playing together, playing better defense. And that's why we won that basketball game. But anyway, my point is, we might not be an elite defensive basketball team, but we are a good defensive basketball team, and that is giving us a chance to win every single night. Now, we're not going to go undefeated the rest of the year. Now, we've won 10 in a row, which is freaking awesome to get us to 12-3 and three and give ourselves a shot to be in the conversation, at least to be on the bubble, but we still have some... We have some room to improve. There's some areas where we can get better. The biggest one of those, in my opinion, is our rebounding. It's weird, man. It's weird because we, we do such a good job defensively, and we do play so hard. But our rebounding is, is the one of the spots, one of the few spots we've actually dropped a little bit this year. Not much, a little bit though. We our rebounding rate last year was 50.2%. This year it's 49.3. So we're about 1% lower in our rebounding rate than we were last year. Particularly on the defensive glass, we have some issues there at times. We do give up too many offensive rebounds for my liking. You saw that last night if you watched the game against Arkansas. They had a couple putbacks where we just were not getting bodies on guys. And we do a good job of that at times, but but we've got to shore up that end of things. Like we've got to get better with our defensive rebounding. And we're not terrible there. I mean, we're eighth in the SEC in rebounding overall. So we're about middle of the pack. We're not terrible. But if we want to make a serious push to get into the NCAA tournament, 
That's the biggest area where I think we have to improve. Now, we have to continue to get better offensively, make some progress there. We obviously, we made a lot of progress from last year, but we need to continue to get better there. We're still not quite good enough there. But rebounding is an area where I think we really can make some progress this year. We've got to get better. We've done a better job as we've gotten in conference play. We have not gotten out-rebounded yet in conference play through two games, but there were some moments in the non-con where it's like, man, like we we are getting just worked on the glass right now, and that can't happen if we want to make any sort of run, potentially, to the NCAA tournament. So let's go there, because that's the question I'm getting right now is, hey, man, like, can we actually make the tournament? And that's a really hard question for me to answer. Here's what I will say. I think we have a legitimate chance to make the tournament. I am going to stop short of saying, guys, we're going dancing. I'm not ready to say that yet. But this team, with each and every game, is making me more and more of a believer. I believe that we have a really good shot to win the games that we should win, right? My question right now, what I still need to see, is can we get a win or two against the better teams in the conference? Can we beat a team like Tennessee at home on Saturday? Can we go to Lexington and some way, somehow beat Kentucky, who I think is maybe the most talented team? Not maybe, I think they are the most talented team in the entire country this year. Can we find a way to split with Auburn? That's a really good basketball team again this year. Can we get a win against Ole Miss, who started out the season the non-con slate undefeated? South Carolina went, what, I think 12-1, 13-1 in non-con play? Mississippi State's a good basketball team. They just knocked off Tennessee last night. Because that's what it's going to take, guys. Right now, we don't have the profile of a tournament team at this point. Not quite yet. We're getting closer. Our net rating, I know everyone used to focus on RPI. Now it's the net ratings. They introduced that a couple years ago. And we're moving up with some of these wins. We're up to 82nd nationally, but that's not good enough right now to get into the tournament. To give you a frame of reference here, in 2022, Rutgers, in the six years of the of the net ranking, I actually think this is the sixth year right now, so the five years of the net rankings, they were the lowest ranked team in the net to earn an at-large bid, and they were 77th in the net. Right now, we're 82nd, so it would basically be unprecedented for us to get into the NCAA tournament right now where things stand with our net ranking. Last year, for example, Clemson was actually a, a pretty good basketball team last year. They were 60th in the net, and they got left out. They got they got left out for the NIT. Now, a big part of that for Clemson was their non-conference schedule was an absolute joke. It was like the 302nd-ranked non-conference schedule last year. They had a couple really bad quad four losses. So that's what left them out, even though their net ranking was was uh, 60th and they had some nice wins. Fortunately for us, we we actually put together a challenging non-conference slate. I mean, again, playing Oregon, playing Miami, playing Providence, playing Tech, playing Florida State on the road, Wake Forest at home. We challenged ourselves in non-conference. So we don't have the, the greatest strength of schedule right now, but it's also not in the 300s. It's about middle of the pack, and that's only going to get stronger in the SEC because the SEC is probably the second best conference in college basketball behind the Big 12. And that's the encouraging thing. In the SEC, there are a lot of opportunities for quad one wins. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I know it's, it's kind of new lingo when it comes to college basketball, but they break the wins down into quads. So you have quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four. To get a quad one win, 
it's a home win. So if you beat a team at home that's ranked one through 30 in the net rankings, that's a quad one win. If you win a, a road game against a team that's one through 75 in the net rankings, that's a quad one win. Quad two is a home win versus a team that's between 31 and 75 in the net rankings or a road win against a team that's 76 through 135. We don't have any quad one wins right now. We have a couple quad two wins. The win at Missouri was a quad two win, but we need to get some quad one wins on the resume, and we just don't have those right now. But again, playing the SEC, fortunately, we play in a conference where you have those opportunities. The ACC, guys, is I mean, I know it's traditionally a basketball conference. Eh, not so much anymore, man. There's a lot of teams that are really down right now. So you play in a conference like that, you don't have as many opportunities. The Pac-12 is notorious. They don't have as many opportunities. Like You just can't afford to really drop games in the Pac-12 because there's not many teams out there that would give you quad one wins. You have to do all your work in the non-conference. So we have opportunities. That's the, that's the weird thing about college basketball. It's like you actually want to play tougher teams because even if you play them and lose to them, just playing them actually helps your net ranking. So we're going to have those opportunities, and I welcome that, and I want to get one of those. We need a couple. We probably need like two of those wins to feel good about it. But we came in to conference play 10 and 3. We're now 12 and 3 on a 10 game winning streak. If we can get to 9 and 9 in conference play and be like 19 and 11, 19 and 12, I guess is what it would be, 19 and 12 going into the SEC tournament, we'd have a shot. Now, we'd probably need a win or two in the SEC tournament in that scenario. It also depends on who those nine wins are against. Is it against the teams that we just should beat and we don't beat anybody that's like actually worth much? That makes it a little more dubious. But if we can get to 9-9 and get a win against a Tennessee or an Auburn or you know a, a road win at Mississippi State or maybe even, I mean, we're not going to be Kentucky, but maybe, who knows? If we can get some, a couple of wins like that, that would certainly boost our resume and give us a, legit, a legitimate shot. Now, here's what I expect. I expect us to be on the bubble. I do not think that we're going to be a team that's like clearly in. I don't expect that because there there still is a talent gap between what we have right now and some of the top teams in the league. Now, we're closing that gap. We did a good job this year, and next year we'll do it even more so. But there's still a talent gap. Most of the top teams in the country and the top teams in the SEC, not most of them, all of them are more talented than us. But I love the way we're coached. I love the way that we play. I like the mix of players that we have. We don't have, like, we're not dominant at any one thing, but we're also not really terrible at any one thing. We're really good across the board, and we play strong, we play well, we play hard, we play physical, all those things, and that helps us out. So I expect us to be on the bubble. Uh, Andy Katz was the first of the bracketologists that I have seen this season that had us, like, in the conversation, like, actually, like, on the bubble, like, first four out, last four in, those kind of things. Right now, we're not... On Joe Lenardi's even like last four or next four out, we're not even on that, but we're knocking on the door. And if we keep winning, and again, if we beat one of these good teams, like if we beat Tennessee, I think we might be like, you know, one of those like first four out, maybe last four in kind of scenarios if we beat Tennessee at home. Now, that is a, a, a tall task. It's a really, really good basketball team, but. I think we're going to be right there all season. I think we're going to be good enough to get to about 500 in conference play. That might not be good enough to get us in the tournament, but it'll have us in the conversation, have us on the bubble, and we'll see what we can do once we get in the conference tournament. And we look, we have a shot to go, I don't know, 10 and 8, and maybe an outside shot like 11 and 7. I mean, 12 and 6 would be pushing it. But hey, man, like I, I love this team. So maybe, I mean, that's not out of the question. I would say it's less likely, but it's not completely out of the question. But when we get back from this last break, I'm going to do something that one of our, our, our very good friends of the podcast, Sam, who runs the All CFB account on Instagram, which you all should be following if you're not already. He asked me a really good question. He was like, hey man, like, can you just run through the rest of our schedule and give your thoughts on 
our chances to win each of our remaining games left on the schedule. And yeah, I think it's a great idea. Let's do that. But first, I'll remind you guys about our good friends at Alumni Hall. Again, it's basketball season, guys. I know we all love college football, but we, we got to... We're never going to put that aside, but we got to give our basketball team some love right now. So Alumni Hall has a ton of new Georgia basketball gear that's on the shelves right now. They've got some hoodies. They've got some crewnecks. They've got some t-shirts, got some polos, a lot of cool stuff out there. they got some sweatpants, got some shorts, a lot of great stuff out there, guys. So if you want to support the Hoops team, Alumni Hall is the place to go pick up that gear app. You can shop in-store here in the Classic City inside the Epps Bridge Shopping Center or online if you're not in the Athens area. You just go to alumnihall.com. They have the same great gear. So stop in today or shop online because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldogs shop. All right, guys, let's look at this Georgia basketball schedule the rest of the way. I'm going to give you some quick thoughts. I'm going to quickly run through the rest of our schedule and give you my ideas on who I think we're going to beat, who I think we should beat, who I think we're going to have a really tough time beating. So let's jump to it here. All right, so we have Tennessee at home in the stag Saturday, it's going to be freaking rocking, guys. I cannot wait for that game. It's going to be wild. I know the Stag gets a reputation as maybe not the most intimidating home environment, and that's well-deserved, especially for weekday games when we haven't been good under Tom Crean and even at times Mark Fox. But on Saturdays, guys, especially when good teams come to town, that place is rocking. And now that we're actually good, I fully expect it to be an insane environment. I cannot wait to be there. It's going to be awesome. But saying that, Tennessee is a really good basketball team, guys. They're, I think they're probably one of the six to eight best teams in the country. I do not like to admit that. I do not like Tennessee, as you all know, but you got to give respect where respect's due. That's a really, really good basketball team. Like us, their strength is defensively, except they're just better than us defensively. They're one of the best defensive basketball teams in the country. Maybe the best. I would say Houston's probably the best defensive team in the country, and but Tennessee is right there with their defensive efficiency. The problem for Tennessee under Rick Barnes, historically, the past however many years, has been they play great defense, but they just don't do much on the offensive end. Like They're offensively challenged. And they were aware of that. I mean, you have to be aware of that. They know that's what's held them back. So they went out and tried to address that in the transfer portal this offseason, and they brought in this guy named Dalton Connect. This guy is crazy good on the offensive side of the of the ball. I mean, I think he's an NBA player. He's a really, really good shooter. He can put the ball on the floor. He's got really good length. He, uh, he can handle the ball with great size, get to the rim. But they have an issue with Dalton Connect. The issue is he is by far their best offensive player. He gives them offensive punch that no one else on their team can give them. And they need that to take the next step and actually do something once again in the NCAA tournament. The problem is he is not even close to up to the Tennessee standard on the defensive end of the court. He's bad on defense, and teams attack him because they know that he's not good on defense. But it's hard to take him off the court because you take him off the court, they really don't have much offensive punch. Now, Zakai Ziegler, who's their point guard, an under-recruited guy that nobody was really after. He's just a tough, hard-nosed basketball player that just plays hard all the time, man. He plays the right way. He tore his, I think it was his ACL, he blew up his knee at the end of last season, missed the NCAA tournament, which, which really hurt them. And the early part of the season, he wasn't even starting. He was working his way back into form. But then he got a little healthier, got back in the starting lineup. And now I don't know if he's 100%, but he's playing at a really high level right now. He's averaging like 25 points a game over the past couple of games. And he's really doing a lot of good things to them offensively. But it's really, it's him and Connect offensively. That's it. They had this guy named Josiah Jordan James who's been around for like 19 years. And sometimes, he was like, I think he was a five-star recruit back in the day. He was a really highly touted guy, but he's never really been anywhere close to the guy they thought he would be. So, I mean, there's a reason, like, in college basketball, you don't stay around that long, typically, if you're any good. So, he's been around forever. And, like, he, at times, he has these moments where he can be a really solid scorer, but 
it's very, very, very inconsistent. He just disappears more often than not. And then Santiago Vescovi, he came in as their point guard. He's a, a guy from Uruguay. And he was their best three. He's still a really good three-point shooter. He was maybe their best scorer, the best offensive player the past couple of years. But with Connect now in this offense and on this team, he takes up a lot of the, the oxygen offensively. He's taking a lot of those shots. And Vescovi has kind of had a little bit of, an, uh, uh, of issues trying to find where he fits in this offense now. He's still a good shooter. If you, if you give him an open look, he's going to knock it down. But he's almost fallen into this role. It's like he's almost exclusively a three-point shooter. He doesn't really take it to the rim all that much. He's a good defender. So this game is really about containing Dalton Connect and Zakai Ziegler. If we can contain those two guys, I don't know if they have the other guys can really score. Now, if Josiah Jordan James happens to have like one of those random games where he's really good, maybe, possibly. But we've got to slow those two guys down. Now, that's easier said than done. Connect is a really, really good basketball player. I would imagine we're going to have RJ Melendez on him a lot. That's what I would do, get some length on him, kind of match that size with, some, with, with size and athleticism. And I actually really like the matchup defensively with Silas Dimry at 6'4", good size, good physicality, on Zakai Ziegler, who's very, very small. I mean, guy, I don't I mean, he's, I don't know exactly what he's listed at, but he's a, he looks like he's about 5'10", man. Now, he's quick. He is quick, and he he is tough, but I really like that matchup. I think Demery can do a, a good job with his size and quickness and his defensive ability of kind of somewhat keeping Zakai Ziegler, I don't want to say under wraps, but keep him contained to a degree. I just don't know if we're going to be able to score enough to beat Tennessee, to be honest with you. I, I hope I'm wrong. We're capable of beating them. This is a game, especially on a Saturday, where I think this deck is going to be out of control. This is a game that we can win. I don't love that they just lost to Mississippi State on the road. I don't love that because they're going to be motivated, obviously, to come back in and get on the on the winning track. They don't want to lose two in a row. We are capable of winning this game, but it is going to take our best effort. Like, absolutely, we're going to have to play our A game. We're going to have to be hitting shots from the outside. We can't have guys that, like have out, have off days you know, shooting the basketball. We're going to have to be knocking down shots. We can't have blown assignments. So they have enough guys. Like If you give them open shots from people like Vesky, if you give them an open shot, Josiah Jordan James, you give them a wide open shot, they'll knock it down. They just don't have a ton of game outside of that. So you got to get up in their grill. You cannot blow assignments. You have to come with defensive intensity. You've got to crash the boards. Their center, Adu, has been a really good player for them this year. He's a really active guy, good athlete, can actually score the basketball a little bit. We need Chiwa to play like he did against Missouri last weekend. We need that. We've got to control the boards, or at least come out even-ish on the boards, hit our shots, and try to take away Connect and Zeke. And if we do all those things, we can win. Now, is that likely? No, probably not. I, I would give Tennessee the edge. They're the clear edge, but I guess we're capable of winning it. I just don't. I need this one of those games, like I said earlier. I need to see it before I believe that. And then we go to South Carolina. Oh, no, was it next Tuesday, I want to say? And guys, that is a place we just never win there. Colonial Life Arena, we just can't win there. Even when South Carolina is terrible, we cannot beat that team in that arena. It's wild. I can't explain it. We just have trouble. It's, it's crazy. And this is a, a better South Carolina team than it was a year ago. Michi Johnson, a transfer from Ohio State, is playing a really high level of basketball for them. I think that we are about equivalent with South Carolina this year. But again, playing on the road in, in, in Columbia, that's been a, a, a house of horrors for us. I like the fact that it's on a Tuesday night. It's a weeknight and not a Saturday. So that is somewhat helpful. But I would still probably lean South Carolina there, but also at the same time saying that's clearly a game that we can win on the road. And that would be a good resume boost right now. I mean, they have been good this year. And then next Saturday, we go 
to Lexington to play Kentucky inside Rupp Arena. I had I had the uh, the good fortune of taking a Georgia basketball game in Lexington inside Rupp back on my way to Indianapolis for the national championship game. It's kind of a line, man. Like we were play, we were just happened that Saturday we were playing Kentucky in Rupp, and so uh, you know, we were driving up to Indianapolis. So we just stopped in Lexington, stayed there the night, and, and t- took in that game. And that was so cool. What a, what a cool environment. Yeah, we got destroyed. We actually kept it kind of close to the first half, but then we got destroyed in the second half. But uh, that's a game we're probably not going to win, guys. Almost certainly not going to win. Is it possible? It's college basketball. Anything is possible in college basketball. I mean, we, we have, we've had 16 seeds beat one seeds. In college football, like if we had the, the, the 64th seeded team in the tournament play the one seed, they're never going to beat them. Like I would say never in basketball it happens because you only have you know five guys from each team on the court at a given time, so you can match up a little bit easier. So yes, it's, I guess, possible, feasible that we could beat Kentucky. I just have zero expectations of that happening. Again, I think Kentucky is the most talented team in the country. A lot of that talent is young talent, man. Like, I just don't know who out there can match the talent and depth of Kentucky. They don't have as much experience as some of these other top teams, but that is a damn good basketball team, y'all. That, that is a Final Four caliber basketball team. I think it's fair to say it might take a miracle to win that game, so I'm not counting on that, but hey, it's, you know, miracles happen. Then we got LSU at home. That is a team that we can beat, especially at home. I, I think we need to win that game. In fact, like we absolutely need to win that game. I, I would expect us to win that game. There, there's no easy games in the SEC. They're all solid teams. I mean, it's a really good collection of coaches this year and what they've done over the past couple of years in the conference, but LSU is a team that, yeah, I mean, they're a little bit better than they were last year. They were terrible last year, but that's a team at home we need to beat. Then we got at Florida. Florida right now, guys, they had a, a tough non-conference slate in terms of like their schedule. I think they lost like five games in the non-con, but they played a really tough non-conference slate. They're a good basketball team. They're better than their record would tell you. If you I don't know if you watched them play Kentucky last weekend. They had them at home, and they were winning most of that game. Kentucky came back and won late by a bucket. But it was a really good basketball game. And Florida's a talented basketball team. They are more talented than we are. I, I will admit that. They are a more talented basketball team than we are. Now, are we capable of beating them? Yes, we are. Absolutely. On any given night, we can beat Florida. They're not on the same level of Kentucky. But at Florida on a Saturday, I don't expect us to win that game. Can we go in there and beat Florida? I mean, yeah, we, we could do that. But again, right now, I would lean Florida there. Alabama at home. Alabama's in a lot of ways kind of similar to Florida. Their non-conference slate did not go well. They played a bunch of really, really good teams. Problem was, they didn't win any of those games against the good teams. They beat some okay teams that were power five teams or high major teams, I should say, in basketball. But they lost the likes of like Creighton, Arizona. They played them really well, but they lost all those games. But don't let that fool you. Don't look at Alabama's records and say, oh, they're not the same. Well, they're not as good as they were last year, okay? First off, they're not. But they're still a good basketball team. Their record is more indicative of the of the really, really, really strenuous non-conference schedule they played. But we get them at home. This is one of those games. I talked about earlier, we need to get some quad one wins. That is an opportunity. That is a prime opportunity. Winning at Kentucky, winning at Florida, yeah, possible. Highly unlikely, though. Alabama at home, that's a game that we can get. I hate the way that Alabama plays basketball. I know this is the new age of analytics, and so a lot of these coaches have adopted this idea that we just shoot threes and and, and take layups. That's it. Like We don't shoot mid-range shots at all. And I get where you're coming from from an analytical standpoint, but when you do that, you pass up way too many good shots, way too many good shots, because there are plenty of times you play a team that when they're trying to defend ball screens, plays a drop coverage, well, the mid-range shot is right there, and if you're saying, no, as a rule, we don't take mid-range shots, we just drive to the rim, you're driving directly into how they're trying to defend you, you're playing into their hands, 
And that drives me insane with Alabama. They jack up ridiculously bad three-point shots. Everybody on the team has the green light. They just throw them up, man. It's like reckless disregard for what is a good shot. There are Every shot's a good shot for Alabama, apparently. And that's fine when you have like a bunch of pros on your team. They don't have all those guys. They have a couple guys that might have a pro career. They don't have the guys they had last year, okay? They don't have Noah Clowney, right? So that is a team we can beat. Now, should Alabama probably beat us? Yeah, they, they're going to be the favorite in that game more than likely. But that's a game we can get that could give us a quad one win. South Carolina at home is a game I think we should win. Playing them at home is different than playing them on the road. We still have trouble beating them at home anyway. But that's a game that I think we can get at Mississippi State. They just beat Tennessee. Uh, playing at the Hump, Humphrey Coliseum. That's a tough place to play. Tolu Smith's a really, really good player down low for Mississippi State. He didn't play early in the season. was nursing an injury, but he's back and he's full force, man. Mississippi State last year was a, a solid basketball team. They made the tournament. They were one of the first four teams to play. Or I should say they were in the first four in Dayton. And Tolu Smith was the reason for it. They played really good defense, but they couldn't shoot to save their lives last year. They're a little bit better shooting the basketball this year, but not much. If we played them at home, I would really like our chances. I still think we can beat Mississippi State, but on the road, in the hump, that's a tougher game. But it's a, it's, we'd have a shot to win that. And if we win that game, that's going to be a quad one win. So that's one that we could get, definitely. Uh, at Arkansas, we just played them last night. Playing in Bud Walton Arena is a different story, though, guys. That's one of the more underrated arenas in all of college basketball. They love their basketball at Arkansas. But you saw that Arkansas team, man. Like, that's not a good basketball team. They're a talented basketball team, but they're not good, if that makes any sense. They're not playing good basketball right now. And maybe by the time we get to February 10th, they'll have things figured out. Or you could also have a different story where they just completely bottom out and they've kind of given up and quit. That could be the case too. I don't expect us to win on the road to Arkansas, but that is also a game that we could potentially win. And if we won on the road there, depending on what Arkansas does from here and into that point, that could maybe be a quad one win if they're in the top 75 of the net. I don't know, maybe. Then we've got Florida at home on February 17th. As I said earlier, Florida is more talented than us, but not so much more talented that we don't have a, a, a at least a decent chance to win that game, especially at home. We played them pretty well uh, last year. So I think that's a game on a Saturday. Again, this deck is rocking on Saturdays, especially for a rival like Florida. I think we can get that game. And if we get that game, that's a quad one win there. So there's an opportunity for a quad one win at Vandy. Vandy's not good. Okay, they they uh, have not been good under Jerry Stackhouse. Last year was the exception. This year, they're back to what they were prior to last year. They got a lot of guys transfer out. They're not very good at all. But it's just a weird arena. Playing in Memorial Coliseum, if you guys ever been in there, it's so weird, man, where the bench is on the, the opposite ends of the court. It's wild in there. So it's just a weird feeling. We definitely should win that game, and we absolutely need to win that game. We can't lose that game. But um, it's just a weird environment, but I think we should win that game. And then we've got Auburn twice in the last, what, two and a half, three weeks of the season. Auburn's a very good basketball team, guys. I do not like saying that, just like Tennessee. I don't like Auburn. They are really, really talented. I think that's an Auburn team that could make a pretty deep run in, in the NCAA tournament this year. They're talented. They're deep. They don't really have any obvious holes on that team. But we did get them last year. And our team last year was not as good, not near as good as we are this year. Now, Auburn might be a little bit better than they were last year, but we have a shot to beat them at home. And again, it's kind of like Florida. They're really they're more talented than we are by a, a decent margin, but they're not so much better than us that we don't have a chance to beat them at home. Now, winning at Auburn to end conference play, to end the regular season, that's going to be tough. I don't expect us to win that game. I, I, that's highly unlikely. But at home? We got a shot, and that'd be another quad one win if we can land that one. And at LSU, it's another team that we play twice this year. 
that's a team that we can win on the road. Like we need to rack up as many, obviously quad one wins, but as many road wins as you can. Road wins are huge. Whether quad one wins or not, winning on the road, that says something. And that, that's important for these guys who are on the NCAA selection committee. We've already got two true road wins this year at Florida State and at Missouri, but we need to get as many as we can. Like Vandy is a really good opportunity for a road win. LSU on the road on the 27th of February is another really good opportunity. And then we got A&M and Ole Miss, our last two home games of the regular season. A&M is a team that had about 25 wins last year, didn't go too far in the NCAA tournament. They hung their hat on defense last year. Now, here's what's hurting A&M this year, guys. Buzz Williams, their coach, the way that he's always coached basketball is he's been big on taking charges. Like their defensive efficiency has been really largely traced back to their willingness to take charges. They've always been like one of the top 10 teams, whoever, whether it was Virginia Tech, whether it was Texas A&M, even Marquette when Buzz Williams was their coach. He's always coached these teams to take charges. And they've had a lot of success with that. They've always been good defensively because of that. But this year they've changed the block charge rules. They're much more strict on what they're calling a charge. The defender truly has to have his feet set before the offensive player even starts to gather himself for his shot. In the past, they would let you kind of just slide in there at the last second and call it a charge. They're no longer giving those calls, and that's killing AM's defensive efficiency right now because they made a living off doing that wherever Buzz Williams has been. So they're having to adjust to that, and they're just not the same team defensively. Wade Taylor, I think, was the preseason SEC player of the year. He was really good for them last year. But he is not playing well right now, guys. I mean, I watched him play at Kentucky, uh, what, two days ago? And he's been struggling all year, but he's just, he's like out of sorts, man. He's like taking really bad shots, like forcing the ball. It's bad right now, man. Like they're just having issues scoring. And it's fine if they're still playing the same level of defense, but they're not. So getting them at home, uh, that's a game we could get. And I, 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 I would guess A&M would still probably be favored, but I don't know. By the time we get to that point in the season, if we're winning some games, we might have a slight edge in that game, but that's a game that we can win, but a still a good basketball team. Buzz Williams is a really good basketball coach. Ole Miss undefeated in the non-conference. They've hit a little bit of a bump here as they've got into conference play. They're still a really good team. Chris Beard, who was let go from Texas because of that little scandal thing, but he got kind of exonerated-ish from that, so now he's at Ole Miss, and he's he's done what Chris Beard does. Wherever he goes, they play bat, They play defense, man. They play really strong defense at Texas Tech, at Texas, and now at Ole Miss, and it's kind of changed things for them. But I do not think that they are more talented than us. I think they're largely equivalent of what we are this year. Very similar teams, actually. They should not play near as, as tough of a non-conference schedule as us. They were undefeated in non-con, but they didn't really play much of anybody. They beat Memphis, but they beat them at home, like in Oxford. And Memphis is a good basketball team. That's about it in the non-con for them. So getting them at home, that's a game we can win. Again, that's going to be... I don't know if it'll be a quad one win. It's got a shot to be a quad one win. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if they'll be in the top... 30 in the net, but regardless, I still think that would be a good win, and Ole Miss might be one of those teams in the SEC that, that we're fighting with to get a bid, and then finally, again, we wrap it up on the road at Auburn. I I don't know, man. I, yeah, I, I don't see that as a win for us. Again, basketball, college basketball, anything can happen, but I see that a lot like at Kentucky. I just don't see us winning that basketball game. I would love to be wrong. I just don't see that when they're too talented right now, and that place is, I mean, they've done a really good job with that arena, guys. I mean, that they have a great, great home court advantage inside what well, they changed the name it was Auburn Arena I think it's something different now but whatever they call it these days so yeah that's kind of my thoughts there I guess let's run through that one more time and I'll tell you let's make some predictions here all right I think we lose to Tennessee so we got two wins right now we're two and O's I think we lose to Tennessee that makes it two and one I think we 
probably lose at South Carolina, say two and two, lose at Kentucky, that's two and three, not great, right? That's fine. That's a tough start to the, to the to the regular season or to the conference slate. But then we go LSU, I think we get three and three there. At Florida, I think we probably drop that game. So let's go three and four. Alabama, I think we can get that game at home. I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt there. It's going to be a big, big game for us. I think we get to four and four. South Carolina at home, I think we can beat them. So five and four. At Mississippi State, at Mississippi State, I really want to give us that game. I think that's a game that we absolutely can go on the road and win. That's a really good solid team, but they, they're not overwhelming. They don't really scare me, but that's a tough place to play. They play good defense. I'm going to give Mississippi State a slight edge there, so let's say that's 5-5, five and five, right? At Arkansas, we just saw us beat them, and I don't want to say convincingly, but we led the majority of the, almost the entire game. Did we lead the entire game? It feels like we led the entire game. But Bud Walton's a tough place to play, man. And Arkansas is a tough team to project because they are a talented team. But there's a chance the bottom could just really fall out of that team. And if that does, we can win that game. Right now, though, I'm going to give Arkansas a slight edge. I'm going to say that they win that game. And that puts us, what, five and six? Florida at home, you know what? This is the quad one win we can get. We can get this quad one win. I think we rise the occasion. We beat the Gators at home. Gets us to six and six. We go on the road at Vanderbilt. Weird place to play, but that's a game that we need to win and we should win. So I'm going to give the dogs that one. So that puts us at seven and six. Auburn at home. You know what, guys? I think we can win that game. I can't do it, though. Auburn is a really talented team. They're a really talented team. If If I had to be honest and objective here, we can win that game. I'm going to give Auburn the slight edge in that one. So that puts us at 7-7 seven and seven on the road to LSU. There's another opportunity for a road win. I think that we go on the road to the Maravich Center and get that win. So I'm going to put us at 8-7, and seven, A&M at home. That's another win I think we can get at home. Maybe potentially, potentially a quad one win. I just don't think that they are the same team this year. They're not playing the same level of defense. I don't like at all what they're doing offensively. Their two best players, or two best offensive players, Boots Radford and uh, Wade Taylor, they're just out of sorts. Now, maybe they'll have it figured out by then. I don't know, man. I just don't know. Like They're playing bad basketball right now. I do not like what I'm seeing from them. And honestly, from an overall talent standpoint, I don't really think there's that much of a gap between us and AM. I really don't. I know what they did last year, but this is a different year. So I project us to win that game, and that takes us to 9-7, and if we get to 10 win, guys, I feel really good about our chances to get in the NCAA tournament. And so can we beat Ole Miss at home? Because at Auburn, I don't know if that's happening. I think the answer is yes. I think the Steg is going to be rocking for that game. I think they're going to know what is at stake. I know that's a weekday game, not a weekend game. So there's that. But hey, again, at that point in the season, we're going to have a legitimate chance. We're going to be in the conversation. And I think the students will show up. I think the fans will show up. I think we're going to get Ole Miss. Again, it's kind of like a and I don't think there's really a talent gap there. I think there are a lot of similarities between the two teams. I think they're two really good defensive teams that are good enough offensively. But I think the home court advantage will give us the edge there. So that puts us at 10-7 and then on the road at Auburn to end the regular season. Yeah, I mean, could we win? Sure, I just don't think it's going to happen. So 10-8. and 10-8, which would put us which would put us at 20-11 entering the SEC tournament. Now, we still might need a win or two in the SEC tournament, but if we can get some of those quad one wins, like Florida, I believe, would be a quad one win. Alabama has a shot to be a quad one win if we can get that that game. So there's there's some chances there. So if we, if we can win the right games, we might already be in if we get to 10-8 and eight going into the SEC tournament. We'll just have to see there, guys. But I think, again... We're going to be on the bubble. I think that's what this team is. I don't think that we're a team that's going to be a surefire, absolute instant play tournament team. I don't know if we're that yet, but we are clearly, as a program, trending in the right direction, and we have a shot to get in, into the instant play tournament. And all I have to ask you guys is this. When is the last time we can say we could have said that? When's the last time we could have legitimately, with a straight face, said, oh, yeah, 
Georgia has a legitimate chance to make the NCAA tournament this year. And here we are, and we can absolutely say that with a straight face. So, man, I am pumped up. I love college basketball, guys. Obviously, college football is my first love. It's my true passion, but I love me some college basketball as well. So I'm excited about it, man, and I, I cannot wait to see how the rest of the season plays out. So there you go. There is your long-awaited college basketball talking. Guys, my plan is to do this once a week. Obviously, we're going to talk college football. That's never going away. That's what we do on this show. But I want to give the Hoops Dogs some love, and we're playing really good basketball right now. Again, this team has a chance to make the NCAA tournament. We're going to make some noise. So I plan on talking college basketball, Georgia basketball, once a week. I think midweek's probably what we're going to do so we can kind of recap the, the weekday game and then kind of preview what's ahead over the weekend. But I'm excited about this, guys. And look, I, I know that college basketball doesn't pay the bills here on this show. I, I know where our bread is buttered. I know college football drives everything. And hey, I love it too. I'm with you guys. So I know that a lot of you might not love college basketball as much as I do. But I think if you give it a shot, you're going to get into it. I really do. I really believe that. And I would love to talk as much college basketball as you guys are willing to listen to. That, To be honest with you, that, that's what it comes down to. The reason we have not traditionally talked more Georgia basketball, well, number one, we haven't been good in a while. And really, number two, I know that most people don't care as much. So when we do do uh, basketball-specific episodes, the numbers aren't what they are for the football episode. So I always tell you guys, this is a show of the people. So we try to produce content that you guys want to hear. That's always what we're trying to do. And if the numbers tell us that you don't really want to hear as much basketball talk, then we kind of back off of that. But I think this year's a little bit of a story. I think it might change a little bit now that we're actually kind of good. I mean, guys, we haven't made the NCAA tournament in nine years. Nine years. And for someone like myself who loves college basketball, to have gone through this period of nine years without an NCAA tournament. I mean, 2015, guys, last time. We lost to Michigan State. That's the last time. That's it. That's crazy, man. George, the University of George, with all the resources we have, it's been almost a decade since we made an NCAA tournament. That's got to change. And we're getting closer, guys. We're getting closer. So I'm having fun with it, and I hope you guys have fun with it along with me the rest of the season. But that's it for me here today, guys. I appreciate you. I hope you have an amazing weekend. I hope you guys have a chance to make it out to the basketball game this weekend and uh, pack the steg, make that a crazy home environment. I know I can't wait to get out there. But thanks for being here. I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.